Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to this special, free, exclusive uh, episode of Talking Critic. We're giving to you for free on Thanksgiving. How nice of us. I am your host, Bob Mackey. Who else is here with me? Ackham. It's Henry Gilbert. Uh, I should have said that. Yeah. Damn it. So uh, It's, yeah, happy Thanksgiving or whatever you celebrate. And I I know for me, I listen to podcasts all the time during Thanksgiving to not have to talk to you. Get away members. from the family. And find so- a dark room, lie on the floor, and put on a podcast. Uh, and so I felt it would be a good time to give you guys a free preview of what you're missing on patreon and also tell you to give us money yes this is really thanksgiving extortion uh, <laughs> we're giving you a first one's free kid but yeah we want to let you know if you're not on the talking simpsons patreon that's patreon.com slash talking simpsons you're missing out on dozens upon dozens of exclusive podcasts and we will try to run down everything that we offer on that patreon right now so <laughs> let me do it henry always okay. does it so i want to do it so we have I'm not going to do it in one breath. All right. I challenged Henry to do that on a previous take. It didn't work. So uh, we have uh, the entire first season, all 13 episodes. Those are all on our Patreon. We also have exclusive interviews with uh, Bill Oakley and Reed Harrison, uh, Ian Jones Cordy, people like that, and upcoming interviews too. Huge people we can't even talk about now or we'll be sued. Uh, what else? Uh, the end of season wrap-ups for what? Uh, all of them? All of them at season one. We didn't do one for right, season right. One. one. Two, three, four, five, and soon to be six, as well as deleted scenes for season five. And of course, all of Talking Critic, which we will be done with uh, in a few weeks and then move on to our next project that will be decided. But if you enjoy Talking Simpsons, if you're listening to this, I imagine you do or else you made a horrible mistake. Um, <laughs> you're missing out on tons of stuff for only five bucks a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. It's not a lot to ask mm. for everything we put out, the extra. I mean, that's that's our jobs now. We're making a living doing that and we're putting out a lot of extra stuff on our Patreon. And even just $1 a month on Patreon, if $5 a month is like, you're like, eh, I can't afford that then even one dollar a month from like a thousand of you guys would be that would make a huge difference in our lives and what we could do yeah, so, if, you, yeah. if you enjoy the show that would be that'd be awesome mm-hmm. like if, if everyone could give a dollar a month we could do like huge things but yeah. whatever you can give would be great if you give five bucks or more you get some extras on top of that and yeah um, and don't forget we didn't even mention every episode a week early and ad free oh, yeah. on there as well the problem is we're doing so much with the patreon that i forget halfway through like <laughs> yes. what, what 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 item am i on this list like yeah Eight, and, nine. and if you give $10 a month, you get access to uh, a number of exclusive videos that uh, we we do one a month and we'll have a new one pretty soon, actually. Mm-hmm. So there's tons of cool stuff on there that you'd get access to just for supporting us. Like if you're going to buy a cheaper TV on Black Friday, that's just $5 of what you saved on that would make uh, a really happy holidays yes. for Bob and <laughs> Pass me, the yes. savings on to us. And, and oh, yeah. One other thing I forgot is that we are now re-uploading all of our older episodes to the mm-hmm. Patreon with the ads removed. So you get yeah. those episodes in their best possible format. So. And I've heard some people say, like, well, but this feed is on iTunes. How do I get the... I don't want to have to have a Patreon app or whatever to listen to that. Like, when you sign up at the 5 or $10 level, you get an RSS code that you can then put into whatever you use to listen to podcasts and it downloads them instantly yeah so it it would just be your new feed full of stuff like it's what i do i i put my money where my mouth is i subscribe to like i think eight different podcasts on patreon a month and because i this is the content i like and i want to support the people doing it yeah i know podcast addicts can never get enough because i am one and i give to almost all the ones i listen to just to get the extra stuff so i Mm -hmm. think it's definitely worth it at least for me yeah totally and i i I hope it would be for you guys too so uh in case you don't know what talking critic is it is us going through every episode of the critic as we do with the simpsons but instead of 
Chris Antista, the two regular co-hosts are Michael Raparez and Diana Goodman, critic experts and also expert critics yes, as well. Uh, Diana is our is our movie expert. Yeah, I there's she's, many, always, she's constantly shaming us. I edit yeah. all of those out, but there's it happens. There's many times on the show uh, where she'll just say, "Why'd you ask Twitter? I could have told you this." <laughs> like it's so, and and Michael's great too. Michael's great, <laughs> but yes. So I thought the best next episode to share with you guys as a preview slash freebie is the second season, which I think probably is the most watched one of the most watched episodes by Simpsons fans of the critic mm-hmm. because it was shown right after next week's episode on the Patreon. A star is a burns. star is burns. Yeah. Yes. So just to, uh, I guess also to line it up with that, this was the show that aired right after a stars burns and it was the lead-in from the simpsons so it was probably the most watched by simpsons fans and it is a classic and it's some of my favorites including like pigeons flying into duke phillips that's mouth. right and it introduces uh it's more of like a soft reboot for the mm-hmm. critics so this, yeah. is the, this is the second fox season it has a, a new character in alice jay's girlfriend all the characters are redesigned jay lives in a less fancy apartment it's all it's all built to make the show a little more cuddly than the the sour yeah. dark abc years which are still very funny yeah just much much darker yeah it did notice his apartment he's not on like the top of he's not on the top floor of a giant apartment complex it's not like a suite or whatever yeah, it's, it's, it's still nice and it has a balcony but mm-hmm. it's not as posh as it used to be so it's more of a brownstone yes yeah. so anyway yeah i guess without further scooby a doo-doo let's uh, <laughs> go let's go into the uh, first episode of the critic from season two and uh i don't know i guess if you hear us promote different things on this it's because it was we thought it would only be listened to by patrons yes. but so and just pretend you're a patron <laughs> as you listen to this and then become one yes patreon.com slash talking simpson that's right just five bucks a month you get all of the extra stuff we mentioned earlier that i won't mention again because it's too much work <laughs> Welcome, everybody, and welcome to Talking Critic, where our slogan is Carpe Canum. I am your host, Dixie Riddlecup Bob Mackey, and this is the Talking Simpsons Patreon's chronological exploration of the critic. Who else is here with me today? Uh, Michael Raparas, and I'm hoarding my nuts because winter's coming. <laughs> Who else is here? I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm being unfaithful to my wife, Alice Tompkins. You heard me. Alice Tompkins. I have no idea. And who else? Uh, I'm Henry Gilbert, and I like pepperoni on my putzes. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> and today's episode is Sherman, Woman, and Child. All hail Duke. Duke is life. And today's episode... <laughs> line of the show, right? Yes. Already line of the show. All right, we'll get to it. Today's episode aired on March 5th, 1995, the premiere of the second season on Fox, and Henry will tell us, as always, what was in theaters at this point in history. Buy my book! Buy my book! Buy my book! Buy my book! Oh boy, Bobby, Jonathan Taylor Thomas rightly tortures Chevy Chase in Man of the House. Jeff Goldblum uses psychic visions to save Alicia Silverstone from a serial killer in Hideaway. Mm-hmm. And Peter Falk plays an incredibly old caretaker of D.B. Sweeney in the sappy tearjerker Roommates. I thought we just had a movie about a dreamy teen getting even with Dad. How many more <laughs> of these can we take? I mean, we didn't even talk about getting even with Dad. We did we, talk about well, it. We did, you're Weeks right. Weeks ago. This is the third one of these. It was, kids loved these. They 
wanted to see a, a cute kid that could be them torturing an adult. Yes, dreamy tweens with floppy hair. Never go out of style. <laughs> but uh, did any of you guys see Roommates? I saw that movie. Nope. nope. Peter Falk in old man makeup. He plays. Well, he was already an old man. <laughs> he plays a 107 year old. Okay, wasn't that Burns old. level aged man? So he he is a grandpa who adopts DB Sweeney as a kid when his parents die horribly. Then he becomes a roommate in college with DB Sweeney, and he is this old baker who's like 97 when D, when Sweeney meets his wife. Julianne Moore and then she at first doesn't like him and then eventually he approves of her then it cut forward 10 years later Julianne Moore dies in a car wreck and so uh, Peter Falk's like I gotta stay alive longer I gotta take care of you and your kids just one more year ma'am just one more year (laughs) and when he (laughs) realizes come on and when he realizes that D.B. Sweeney is is independent enough and he can take care of the kids on his own. He finally gives up the ghost and dies. And his his character was named Rock. And so if you want to see Peter Falk acting like a hundred-year-old man who like remembers people that are in history books, that's the that's the Who's movie for you. named Rock for symbolism. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I don't have to see it. Every, Thank you, Henry. Every time you say D.B. Sweeney, I keep thinking it's going to set up like some BoJack Horseman level <laughs> wordplay. Like, D.B. Sweeney plays a feeble meanie who wants to wear a beanie. Yeah. <laughs> that was Great. He, that was great. Thank he, you. He uh, DB Sweeney was the star of Strange Luck, the Fox one season wonder that went after X Files. It was my favorite of the hmm. failed shows that would go after X Files that couldn't really keep the same audience. They had a lot of failed shows in that slot. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Hideaway was a Dean Koontz novel, uh. one of those, and so another one of like a woman being tortured while a man tries to find her, hmm. and he does save the day in it. The um, the serial killer in it is played by. The actor who's like the creepy guy and everything, who was the 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 uh, mentally handicapped brother of the uh, girlfriend Brenda in Six Feet Under, if you remember him, like Eric something or other. Oh. He's in everything as hmm. a creep guy. <gasps> guy. Like, yeah. yeah. So good. of course he plays the serial killer in this movie. It's the party was born to play, baby. So yeah. let's get off the bat That's... right now with season two of the critic. Yeah. Already there are big changes starting with the intro. There's no more of the Rhapsody in Blue like gentle lead up to. To the shot of Jay in bed. It's more of just like a driving, like we're building yeah. up to the, the phone gag with a punctual song. Mm-hmm. And then we get animation with the phone gag for the first time, too, where Jay's head shrinks. Is there new animation for all of these? I can't remember. No. Him on the ice rink is the same old animation. Mm-hmm. Him going to sleep at the end of it is the cha- new Jay head as well. I meant specifically uh, the animation on the phone gag. There was never animation. I think this is the first and last time that there's They only did animation. it once? Okay. Because, because after this, it just switches to the radio gag. Oh, you're right. There are radio gags now, not phone That's gags. True. Okay. Right. This yeah. is the last phone gag. And uh, well, yeah. So the show, the show was canceled by ABC. Negotiated immediately to go to Fox. It would now be following The Simpsons, which is exactly where it should have been. Yep. There, unbelievably, The Simpsons never had an animated show following it until The Critic, which would then continue until now, and probably until The Simpsons is off the air. It will always be partnered with animated shows. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. The critic would die in one season. Spoiler alert for the rest of these episodes. Yes, they never made more. It would then be replaced by King of the Hill, which would then uh, would, and then also would come in Family Guy, and now currently Bob's Burgers as well. Like so mm. many shows, well, have gone after part, it. Part of the reason that the critic died in a year, they say on the commentary, is because it was one of those political things where the deal was made to buy the critic by uh, an outgoing executive, and his replacement didn't like this because, like, oh, this is my predecessor's thing. That yes. I have to kill it. Well, so that that was that was the unfortunate situation from them. Also on the commentaries, Reese very meanly blames King of the Hill and hates King of the Hill. Yes, unfairly, I think. It's not fair that he saw it as, but he is right about this thing that happens all the time in television. Uh, thanks to some restrictions that went away that, like, it used to be – even if Disney owned ABC, Disney couldn't produce an ABC show. They would have to go to an outside production company. That's why a Fox show would appear on CBS, for example. Mm-hmm. But those rules started going away, and that's why NBC, for example, made The Office. Like so, if, And then if ABC is choosing to renew a show that they make versus a show they don't make – which one do you think they're going to make more of? And so that was that was Reese's crux of his hatred of King of the Hill, that King of the Hill is a Fox animated show. The Critic is a Columbia Pictures animated yes. show. And Mike Reese's strange quote on the commentary is, Hank Hill is just Homer with glasses, which is, I'm thinking, have you ever seen King yeah. of the Hill? They are such I, different characters. I mean, if he what? hates it that much, he probably only watched one, like, five minutes of it. Yeah. Just like, fuck this, this killed my show. And The Critic was a success for Fox. It retained a lot of The Simpsons viewers, and I mean, The Simpsons was uh, popular at the time, but it was like in the Nielsen ratings. It was between like 30 and 50 mm-hmm. in this year. And for it was the mo- not home improvement. Yeah, for sure. And also part of the deal was that Gene and Reese, they would make – they would rebuild their staff. They'd hired in some new people. They would also have a definitely smaller budget and only a 10-episode order instead of 13 is normally the tradition of a half-season show. As I learned from being a Mystery Science Theater fan, the idea was like you order 13 and then you order the back nine if it's successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then in this case, they only had 10, but they would produce two more shows of The Simpsons as uh, we will likely dig into even more on A Star is Burns uh, episode of Talking Simpsons, but Uh, There was absolutely upheaval within the Simpsons production people that Fox wanted 26 episodes a season of The Simpsons. And the writing staff was very clear of like, we will make 22. We will not make more a production season of The Simpsons. You're going to have to hire someone else. In comes the critic and they're like, well, Al Jean and Mike Reese already know how to make Simpsons episodes. So they will have their own island of production and make their own shows. So in Hmm. season six, they produce A Star is Burns and Round Springfield, the Blood and Guts Murphy episode. Hmm. And in season seven, they will produce – uh, they will produce the Springfield Files, the X-Files crossover, and... That's season eight. Oh, that's season eight. Okay, well... Season seven, Merkin took a few episodes. I mean... They, that's right. That's the right. Fox wanted the Simpsons to make more clip shows every year, like mm-hmm. four clip shows. The solution was, Jeez. we won't do this. Our production can't handle making more episodes, but we'll have these satellite offices for a few years. I think Merkin ran one for a year, and I think Al Jean and Mike Reese uh, ran one for another year, and that's where mm-hmm. these bonus episodes came from. I think two a season. That's what yeah, they agreed upon. Yeah, that's right. And it was... Simpson Tide was the the other extra right. they did that year of Gene and Reese. And it was actually the last time Gene and Reese were credited together on something. They, yes. They had a creative divorce after that. Uh, but yeah, so 
This was, and this also aired the same night as A Star is Burns, which was a great way to promote the critic by having him on The Simpsons, but also caused a huge amount of internal strife on The Simpsons. But we'll save that for we'll get a into Star that. Is I Burns. mean, yeah, when I first saw this, uh, I didn't read the papers, as they say. <laughs> I wasn't following the news. I'm like, whatever happened to the critic? And then it's like, Jay Sherman's on The Simpsons, and like, the critic is coming back? It was surprising for me. I don't totally. know how you guys felt about seeing the critic on Fox suddenly appear. Were you there day one? Oh, I was yeah. – yeah. I This is probably my most watched episode of The Critic because I think after the two episodes of The Critic, I then – we then just created a separate critic tape where the rest of the episodes would live. <laughs> but this one was on The Simpsons tape. So when we were watching these episodes of The Simpsons, this was in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. So I saw it a million times. This is the oral history of Henry's tapes. <laughs> Put them all together. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was – Paying attention, honestly. I think my mom might have actually subscribed to Variety at this time. Too. Wow. She subscribed to Variety for a while, even though she was not in the biz. Mm-hmm. It was just but you interesting. Lived in Southern California. I lived in LA. Yeah, I lived in LA. So, uh, yeah. So to find out, like, oh, they're negotiating. Oh, it's coming back. Oh, but it's an animated show. So it's going to be back eventually. <laughs> yeah. Give it nine months. And then, yeah, to see it paired up with The Simpsons, I was like, oh, finally. I don't think I even knew that it was created by people who'd worked on The Simpsons. I was just like, yes, this is where this needs to be. This is perfect. And uh, it didn't last long. No, it didn't. It was sad. It was unfair. And I feel like in a different world where with a different executive in charge, this could have lasted another like five years, at least until Mm -hmm. like the 2000s. I could see the critic going on and on. A couple more seasons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Michael, were you there for day one too? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I was. I'm I'm trying to remember because I. I remember watching it on ABC and I think I just probably caught a couple episodes and then it went away and then it's like, oh, it's on Fox now with new episodes. And mm-hmm. I probably came in like midway through the season or something. I so I, I actually missed the Simpsons episode that kind of inaugurated it and uh, like saw it years later. Interesting. We <laughs> talked about some of the changes to the opening, but changes to the animation in general are pretty big. Like, oh, yeah. you know, Jay looks a bit different, but actually everybody looks a bit different. And this is a noticeably lower budget than the ABC series. Had. They're not playing with ABC money. They're playing with Fox money. And I, I see a, a noticeable dip in the animation quality. It's not a badly animated show, but it looks a bit worse than the ABC show. But everyone is much squatter with much bigger heads, much larger pupils. It's sort of backing away from the Al Hirschfeld style art of the Quite original lot, season. Yeah. Well, and Jay especially. Yeah, yes. Jay, Jay looks like there's like a fisheye lens over his face. Yeah. Time. Like, <laughs> well, and this episode is even written by Gene and Reese, which traditionally on a show, creators only write the pilot. But when they write another episode, this is kind of a re-pilot for them. And it, it, they reintroduce every character on the show to some degrees less than others. They add two new primary characters to the cast and do an overall softening of the edges. Like it'd be the – I think of the Foxier as the zanier critic yeah. by far and mm-hmm. less cruel, less mean, <laughs> Jay, less angry. Jay is no longer this like disgusting creature that no woman ever would want to touch or look at. <laughs> Or talk to. Yeah. He is still a food monster, and more so every moment. But, but. people no longer confuse him with a bear <laughs> that <laughs> likes key lime pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that you say that. I mean, you think the animation quality goes down because I feel like it goes up a little bit. I yeah, feel in, like in this episode, especially, yeah, like there's some like, noticeable set pieces. Yeah, I feel like they almost they're economical with it. Yeah. And they, so they just there'll be lots of splurges. 
There are a yeah. few like splurges of animation. I do feel like overall, it just feels like they had less money to play with, probably. Yeah. Well, I feel like they used it well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and funny you mention overall because that is the biggest new addition to the yeah, cast. Yes, uh, voice actress Park Overall. Who, I love her voice. I think yeah, she's amazing. Her and Charles Napier should have released the book on tape of the phone book, just yes. going back and forth. <laughs> uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, you really should. Our interview, Bob and I's interview with Reed Harrison, who wrote the Simpsons episode of the Springfield Files, but also worked on the unproduced third season of The Critic. Ooh. And the episode he was writing was one where Alice moves back to Tennessee and uh, uh, and Jay follows her there. And it's all this Southern fried joke stuff. And, and Napier is there, too. And it, would, nice. uh, it sounded beautiful. That it sounded, sounded like, like a perfect yeah. episode. My favorite episode that was written. <laughs> and so Park overall was one of those character actresses who would appear in funny stuff and had uh, wonderful for her Southern fried voice. And uh, I think her most famous role up to this point was in the Golden Girls spinoff Empty Nest. Yes, I was a big nest head, as they called us. And I immediately... I, Nobody I called you that. I, I'm sure someone did. But I immediately recognized her voice because no one sounds like her. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. the nurse from Empty Nest. She played Laverne in Empty mm-hmm. Nest. I was like, oh, it's Laverne from Empty Nest. That's great. I love her voice. She was a sassy, cute nurse she on that show. She also ran for state senator in Tennessee in 2012. That's yes. right. She wow. did not win, though. Wow. Apparently, she didn't uh, even win the primary. She's also a huge environmental activist, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Like, yeah. She seems like yeah. a great woman. And uh, I saw some of her platforms from her Senate run as well that she, she for one thing, said, these bathroom bills about trans people is only meant to attack other people. These are wasteful. Like, whoa, that's nice. pretty. She said pretty, trans people should have their prod. Their, their prod? <laughs> prod? And, and she was a supporter of Bernie Sanders in 2016 primary, though she eventually obviously said support whoever is the Democratic nominee. Yes. But so that's that's the really awesome park overall. A great, great addition. Like her voice is a, oh, yeah. I just yeah. love and her I, voice. I love her design, too. I mm-hmm. love that. The, I think the commentary confirms that she's designed to look like Holly Hunter. Yeah, that's right. She, looks so, she really does look like little Holly Hunter. I like her army so. jacket she dons yeah. sometimes, yeah. too. It's very cute. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, going back to what you were saying about the budget getting cut for the animation, like they talk about on the commentary that they were actually approached after this season by UPN to oh. do a third season. And it's like, but they wanted to A, cut our budget even further, and B, they wanted us to retool it as a kid's show. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to see that. Yeah, and I think, too, part of the retooling was adding a new cute kid to the show. Though I like yeah. Alice's daughter Penny is funny, but she is the parody they did in the in the first season where they're like, oh, here's your new kid. I find you wee-volting and <laughs> Like that's the that is yeah. what Penny is. Exactly. She is the cute new kid yeah. to make it more appealing. I mean, her lines are funny, but they're no different than any other cute precocious kid line yeah, on any other sitcom. I, know. I also wondered if I want to taste blood. <laughs> uh, blood. The the joke I wonder too if thematically he, Jay's head shrinking in the beginning was them commenting on his head changing. Ah, like, yeah. it, it's probably just a lucky. I mean, from the first episode on, they're making his head less flat because yes. the, the, yeah. the, the pilot, his head is so flat, it's it's disturbing almost. But I do think budget. When we talk about the budget, my feeling is that like in the first season, they front load the show with they spend all their money in like the first half of the season, and the mm-hmm. second half they're like, shit, we're out of money. Yes. Yeah. Like that's. In the first, the pilot episode, the best moment, uh, oh, the, the yeah. most gorgeous moment is Beauty and King Dork. That's, that's beautiful. And though when you when I now look back on the rest of season 13, or the 13 episodes, I'm like, I kind of wish they could have moved some of that money to a different, <laughs> to the parts where they're like reusing the same animation for a minute straight. Yeah. 
So uh, they have to reintroduce a lot of the premise and the characters. So uh, appropriately enough, they start with a movie parody, A Few More Good Men. I think the last time in history you could have made A Few yeah. Good Men parody. Everyone loved doing it. They did it last year. Uh, the Simpsons did two of them uh, the previous year. So let's hear their version of this with Christian Slater, William Devane, and Jack Nicholson in A Few More Good Men. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I can handle the truth. The truth is you talk like me, yak like me. You don't have an original bone in your body. That's a freaking lie. Could the stenographer read that last part back? What am I, a freaking minor bird? <laughs> that joke's even better in audio because it's the exact voice. Yeah, I was not as familiar with William Devane as I was with no. Jack Nicholson and um, yeah. Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. But looking up clips, I'm like, yes, he does sound a lot like Jack Nicholson. He's not doing an impression like Christian Slater kind of is mm. with his acting choice. Mm. What's what's he known for, that William Devane? Mm. Oh, is he Rolling Thunder? <laughs> Hmm. I want to say he's in Rolling Thunder. That's now, a fun movie. Now it's been interesting to see Christian Slater has become the funny casting choice and stuff. You're like, oh, that's mm. Christian Slater. It's like, that was my reaction to him in Archer when I heard his voice yeah, like, yeah. oh, hey, that's Christian Slater. Huh? That's funny. He's, I mean, it's much better than starring in Uva Bowl films. That's oh, for God. sure. Poor Dave Foley. He deserves better. So <laughs> we get another movie parody. It's mostly visual, but I love that they spent money on this stop motion animation sequence, The Nightmare Before Hanukkah. And let's hear this. Excuse me, is this Hanukkah town? No, it's the Vatican, and I'm Pope Shlomo. Oi. <laughs> so they actually outsource that to the Kyoto brothers. They're sort of, uh, you know, guns for hire and stop motion animation. They developed the killer clowns from outer space. Oh, man. Uh, oh, wow. they, they gave the you kids nightmares in the 80s and also the large Marge sequence in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, oh. amongst many others. So they're guns for hire for this sort of effects work. But that looked that looked expensive. And yeah. it was oh, it yeah. reminded me just of Beauty yes. and King Dork, too, of like, you guys spent all this money on a one-off joke that I bet they probably thought, well, these claymation doesn't look that good, so I'm sure it'll be cheap and easy. But it's a very memorable scene. Like yes, uh, I, I love that. And Maurice Lamarche doing Chris Sarandon. Yes. <laughs> Is this Hanukkah town? I love the design of all the the little guys who live in Hanukkah town. The, the, these little short guys. They're very like they're they're wider than they are tall, and they're just they got the little black hats and little black things. And, <laughs> yeah. and instead so, of uh, pulling like a snowflake out of the air, he pulls like matzah bread out of the air or something like the that. The door is matzah. Yeah, the okay. gates are made out of matzah. That's right. And is just chewing on, which is pretty rude to do. Yeah, yeah. that is pretty rude. Don't mess up the town, man. Eat your gates. <laughs> so uh, some characters will show up that will show up in the Simpsons episode that Al Jean and Mike Reese would later write. Uh, Jay's getting his butt kicked by the Benedictine monks, which was a short-lived <laughs> craze. Oh, Jay's back to yeah. his hair in a can. Thing oh, right, yeah. yeah. They fucking love those monk jokes. They do. To be and fair, that was just inexplicable. That fad. Like, let's yeah. let's yeah. put monk music to new age. Sorry, monks chanting to new age music. Well, yeah. there, there was that that. A uh, record called Chant that yeah. like flew off shelves yeah. for some reason. My mom Dub- had it. Double platinum in 1994. The Benedictine Damn. monks of Santo Domingo de Silos. I mean, that's popular enough to make it fun was of. And I, I don't everywhere. think. It was I don't so think it's weird. even like Enigma, like which was what you're describing. Right, with right. The chants over new age music, but it, just it was, the chants it was themselves. Just chanting, okay, right? I remember the chanting over actual like us, like instruments or uh, you know mm. synthesizing. It, I don't know. it was a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, there was some. I know some commenters don't like that I mentioned. Every time a Simpsons joke is repeated in Critic or the Critic keep or doing Simpsons it. does it. But, but this one is actually the most egregious. Yeah. On the same night, the same oh, night, right. in the same episode, in an episode also overseen by Gina Reese in A Star's Burns, 
the rapping rabbis joke is a joke on the monks. They're just like, won't eat pork, not even with a fork, won't touch this. Yes. It is the same joke that Kent, Kent Brockman even introduces it as, uh, move over, singing monks. We've got the rapping rabbis. Yes. I was wrong. It was not Al Jean and Mike Reese who wrote the episode. It was Ken Keeler, but it was their, it was their staff it was who wrote their, it. Yeah. They did the rewrite on it. Ken Keeler was a junior writer, like, it was. G- I'm going to blame Gene and Reese for doubling up again the same night. And maybe they didn't know it was going to be the same night when they aired, but just like, yeesh. It's not just, oh, the monks are performing. They have a whole variety hour. That's true. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they've got, they got a Karnak bit, like from Carson. Johnny Carson's been off the air for three years. They, and they, can't, they hate him so much. They, make fun they of sing him. Pretty Woman to a nun, and she's so bodacious, like St. Ignatius. Mm, right. The Pope is going to be guest starring, and he's going to be breaking ice blocks with his head. It's, I mean, I would absolutely I'd watch, watch that over Jay. <laughs> I absolutely will watch Benedictine Monk Hour. Saint Ignatius, by the way. Saint Ignatius, by the way, is uh, Saint Ignatius of Lo- Loyola, yep. and is the patron saint of all spiritual retreats. Interesting. Yep. And obviously, the name, uh, the name of the lead character, one of the funniest books ever, uh, Confederacy of Dunces. Dunch- uh, yes. yeah. mm-hmm. I love that book. Ignatius J. Riley. I'm that smart. I read a book, guy. Wow. Yeah. I have to wonder what they were singing originally because their lips do not match up to Pretty Woman it's at all. all. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, why couldn't they clear that they wanted the monks to sing? I, I want to know. It had to be a clearance. Joke. Yeah. yeah. And then. And we get a very funny joke about how Doris is going to die, who she will be dead in nine months. Exactly. That's the countdown clock. Here I did goes. not capture that joke, but she's introduced spraying Aww. hair onto Jay's head like in the pilot. Yeah. So very nice. It, uh, it's, it's symmetry, like like the uh, Star Wars prequels, if yes, you will. Yes, they rhyme. Uh, I, but I do like her delivery of, that's supposed to be a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> she blows smoke rings to tell her she's about to die. <laughs> it's a very handy uh, handy trick. Yeah. So uh, Jay is feeling alone and, uh, you know, like a, every a failure. Like every episode of one as yeah, well. Yeah, it's funny how the, the season two premiere is just like every season one idea just kind of smashed into a ball. Like well, Jay needs love, Jay is failing at his job. And I think the real theme of this episode is Alice is the change to that. Her showing up yeah. ends all those problems that Gene and Reese clearly knew were the major problems with season one. And Alice is the fix to that, both in continuity, both in the show and outside of the show. So should we jump to Jay meeting Alice for the yeah. first time? Yeah. Sure. Mama, the stranger's coming. Don't worry, I've got my pepper spray. Mmm, jalapeno. Look, I just wanted to offer to share my cab. Sorry, I hate not being friendly, but this is New York. You know, you look familiar. I'm Jay Sherman, the famous film critic. I used to have a big show on ABC for about a week. There you go. He's bitter. <laughs> for about a week. The Gina Reese have a lot of bitterness to work through. He had a show for four weeks and then it was all burned off in yes. the summer. I did or like five. them calling attention to the fact that it's like, this is like a silent movie set up with yes. like the single mother yeah. dropping her groceries in the rain. You expect to have the landlord waiting around the corner twirling his mustache. <laughs> she will be evicted and he will try to pay her rent. I'll like, pay your rent. Yes. yes. It's not clear why she's being evicted. I'm guessing she didn't pay the rent. We'll I get to that yeah. later. She ran out of money. But yeah, that it is a very cliche of the troubled woman. It's it's a it's a very cliched way to introduce a woman that will obviously is his love interest, and they're trying to get in some of the Sam and Diane will they won't they stuff. Which mm-hmm. I'm glad they only tease that out for like five episodes before mm. they finally like look barely even tease. Yeah, though as a kid too, who didn't like things being spoiled, or I was just annoyed of like she shouldn't be in the opening with Jade. She hasn't met him yet in the time of us watching this opening. Yeah. <laughs> 
the, just going back to that great shot for Manhattan, but the 59th they, Street Bridge collapses. Which yes. they did in every Doris Hazard day. Yep, they, same they did. That's where it came from. Make hey. a wish. Gene and Reese had never met a joke they like. <laughs> they don't uh, don't want to do more than just like Looney Tunes. Well, to, to be fair, nobody saw the ABC series. That's true. Especially yeah. the summer episodes. Absolutely, no one watched it, and they couldn't even legally air on Fox. So, as far as they know, those episodes didn't exist. So, you're right. You're so, right. is Jay immediately invited up to Alice's apartment after the grocery mm, thing, or what? I forget how of, it happens. Yeah, yeah, to dry off, like as, like as happens in every meat cute. Yeah, and uh, Penny doesn't like him because he hated the Lion King. Uh, mm. She punches him and then kissed him, which is also what Rex Reed did. Another <laughs> nice Rex Reed joke. Yes. I wonder if Alice name well, his name is Tompkins because of the co-executive producer or co co-supervising producer I forget his name Steve Tompkins I'm pretty sure it is he's one of the top names on the show pretty much he's the first name you see when the show itself starts which is about as high as you get I mm-hmm. think if you're not the executive producer yeah well before they can go to the apartment Jay has to check his schedule oh yes uh, I love that joke. it's a great I day each day is manic the next day depressive next day manic next day depressive <laughs> Uh, Do we know which day he's on? Is it depressive or manic? Mm. Which one would be more appropriate? Now they can't do it. It's, it's a time thing. It's not a that's day. True, thing. That's true. That's uh, true. It's every hour. He has so your phases. We that's, that's how bad it is for him. <laughs> uh, so I'd never heard of Pat Riley. What? I did not know who that was until, well, now I do. I looked it up. I mean, you find a picture and you get the joke. Just yeah, like his hair yeah. is just a wet a mess. A slick back guy. A slick yeah, back he always hair had guy. perfectly slick back hair. He was a basketball coach. It shows you. Oh my God, I look like Pat Riley. It shows you that you're an NBA sports executive like I slick back my hair I'm so cool and awesome <laughs> only cool guys slick back their hair and there's a lot of jokes of plants falling on Jay's head that I didn't capture except for the last yeah. one it just it's a running gag that pays off eventually yes yeah, yeah and it, it's one of those things that it's like this shouldn't work but it does beautifully yes thanks to repetition and the yeah. sound basically like sound a is car great. crash sound of it like mm. clunk and then we get to see that Alice actually is the perfect human who is good at everything she does. Yes, let's hear at what I call Alice Origins. <laughs> is that Penny's dad? Yeah, that's Cyrus. I was waiting tables in Knoxville <sighs> while Cyrus tried to make it as a country singer, but then I began to suspect he was cheating on me. How? It was in his songs, My Lion Heart, Daddy's Stepping Out, and then his album, I'm Being Unfaithful to My Wife, Alice Tompkins. You heard me, Alice Tompkins. <laughs> I feel like there's a very similar Lurleen Lumpkin joke with these uh, with these song titles. Yeah, Cyrus and Lurleen should get together. Yeah, they're just yeah. being. Uh, the, it's definitely from the same school as Lurleen's uh, song titling. Yeah, for sure. Which uh, again, I don't know. In a, in a different world, Pat, uh, she could have played Lurleen if not Beverly well, Daniels. And this scene also is like one of the reasons I say like there's there's some definitely improved animation in at least this episode in that like. While she is talking, like, you can see Jay going through all the motions of, like, eating this roasted marshmallow. That's right. Wiping off his mouth, swallowing. And it's like they never put that sort of detail into one of the ABC episodes. That's true. The roasting marshmallow is on a radiator, which seems dangerous. Because there's something, like, on top of the radiator, too, like a shelf. It's like, shouldn't that be on fire? And there's, like, an incidental thing later in the episode where, like, Duke walks into the room behind Jay and Doris while they're having a conversation. It's like you never see him actually Mm. walk in through a door before. and, And he just... Peer. That's true. I think they're I think they're definitely trying to put their best foot forward animation wise in this first episode. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. For sure. And, and I know it's it's not gonna be line of the show, but I love uh Rusey Taylor as uh Penny. Mm-hmm. Um after Jay, you know, because they've been in the rain and uh, she puts some maternity clothes on because the only thing <laughs> right. that fits her line reading of Are you gonna have puppies? 
is the but cutest thing ever. It is cute. I will say the cuteness yeah. does work, even though it's yeah. not uh, of the tone of it's, the critic. It's cheap. Well, this this whole sequence honestly felt slightly off tone to me for the critic because this is like on a classic sitcom that you would think the Simpsons writers would be better than, which is we have to introduce a new regular character who's we've retooled the show. We have a new regular on the show. We need to introduce them really fast. So, okay, two minutes of their life story and then, oh, now they're already part of the gang. So it'll be normal when they're around all the rest of the guys, right? It's Mm -hmm. like I remember that happening on the third Bob Newhart show. Where he was a comic book creator, I watched it because okay. I like. It was called you, Bob on like CBS. Comics. Well, so it's really funny. Actually, the the situation with Bob was that it was co-created uh, by Mark Evanier, who was a, really yes. He he would go on to TV production and he pitched a show basically, which was Mark got his start as an assistant for Jack Kirby, and he basically hmm. pitched a show. What if Jack Kirby was the star of a sitcom? Which then turned into what if Bob Newhart sort of played Bob Kirby, uh, Jack Kirby, who created a character called Mad Dog. They're basically the same guy. And so the hmm. entire first season takes place at a comic uh, company, uh, basically Marvel. And then when the second season starts, he is fired from the comic book company and he gets a new job and some new coworkers. And uh. it was it really annoyed me. Just like it was how I was. Truly introduced to the clown show being shut down for retooling. retooling that's right. <laughs> but it was it was so depressing, and it but it had that first new episode of meet this new character, or if you want a John Lovitz example, his first episode on news radio. The same mm-hmm. deal of we got to introduce this new character now, so he can they can just be a normal regular the next episode, and that's how Alice comes off too. It's just a lot of sped up stuff there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn Alice is uh, pretty handy with a paintbrush. Do her art skills come up ever again in the series? Uh, I think they, they were establishing so. her with that ability, but it never happened again. I mean, she she can forge the Sistine mm-hmm. Chapel, which is pretty awesome. Why yeah. did she should have forged art for a living? There's and millions in, in that. Parks with George, too, yeah. That the. the yeah, I wonder, too, she is cut from the same cloth of Marge, of the uh, sad mother who is actually secretly a talented She painted artist. that sailboat. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here up next, Miss Fortune comes a-knocking. So I come up here to New York hoping somehow, when I least expected it, opportunity would come a-knocking. <gasps> Ms. Alice Tompkins? Yes? I've got some news for you. It's your ticket out of this run-down flophouse. Oh. <sighs> That's wonderful. You're evicted. <laughs> I love that guy's face and the yeah. delivery. It's great. So perfect. And, and also the the menace. The, he's so nice all the time except for his slam on the door of the eviction notice You're with a closed evicted. fist. Like, and that did fill me with fear of like, oh, what if somebody comes up and just evicts me for no reason? In, in a crisp white telegram <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uniform. He made Old me think of a milkman or a, a, the ice cream man. Mm. And Oh, also there was a quick cutaway to Ardith just so viewers could know. Yeah. Yes, he is divorced as well. Like uh-huh. so, that's we, right. Uh, sleeping with a judge, you keep everything. Yes, <laughs> that's, it's it's a rare artist joke where Jay is not at fault in any way. She yeah. just yeah. cheated on him. I it's not that he's disgusting or hideous. It's more softening of Jay, more mm-hmm. making Jay appealing. Nobody's calling him ugly in this episode, which is pretty nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, up next, we get a very extended film reference, which I didn't capture because I, I found it kind of tedious. It's like mm-hmm. uh, Forrest Gump two Gump Gump Harder, in which uh, basically Bill Clinton does the Bubba scene talking about all the different mm. kinds of shrimp. Uh, I think some of their best of season two, some of the best movie parodies 
teaser all this episode. Like, I think the Gump one is, I also think in the, like, 1995, it just seemed obvious, like, yeah, there's a Gump 2. We're going to see a Gump 2 soon. Never happened. There was a book. That hated the movie. I love that book. It's so insane. And uh, Forrest Gump talks about the movie in that in that book. Gump and Company, it's probably a dollar or less. <laughs> wow. Or yeah. free because no one reads books. I, like, I do like a couple of the things he, he shouts out. As, I mean, the joke is obviously, yeah, that Clinton is a big, big, fat, redneck guy yeah. but that he loves the, that he loves uh, shrimp milkshakes and shrimp wine yeah. I really want to know how you make shrimp wine and the last thing is a no, bunch of don't. items with shrimp on the side yeah it's just like an apple pie and a big scoop of shrimp yeah I mean definitely everybody called uh, the kids this is back when the only joke you could make about Clinton was that he was a fat hillbilly but he was even called Bubba uh, yep. so him Taking the role of Bubba from Forrest Gump was extra fitting, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, it, Gump came up at the same time as Bill Clinton, and both definitely preyed upon the nostalgia of baby boomers yeah. quite a lot, and successfully as well. Both of them were quite successful. Oh yeah, the joke about shrimp allergies did not go over well in my household because my brother <laughs> does have a shellfish allergy, a very close to deadly one. He, oh no, peanuts, oh, peanuts will kill him. Shrimp, uh, not well, so. Don't well. tell everybody. You know, uh, now they know his address is. <laughs> now, yeah, it's believe people when they say they have a food allergy, folks. A lot, a lot of cranks uh, like to play that up, but it will kill people. Yes, it's it like, actually will, and it doesn't. It gets worse. People, I, in my experience, just see, th- seeing it through my brother, is that people go like, "Oh yeah, I'm sure," because they just want to believe you. Know, you're one of these millennials who says everything's a problem, right? Like, no, a peanut will kill me. My throat will close up, and I'll die. Like that's that it is builds character. Come on, yeah, builds <laughs> character. That's uh, kid, back in my day, kids just choked to death on peanuts and then needed <laughs> them out. Oh, so his head doesn't swell up to like eight times its size and turn purple. That part doesn't happen. Ah. No, just the throat. There's definitely some discoloration. But. So after being tossed around like a medicine ball, which with really good animation, I, would I say. love that. Yes. I love that. It was in Doctor J. He does a little bit of that working out with Jay, but this is so great. His uh, 15 second workout. Duke's 15 second workout. And Doris is pretty yeah. strong too. She can throw Jay around <laughs> yes, as well. Yeah. Yep. And that Jay just blankly takes it. Yes. And, <laughs> and that's also where I like that he. So you're getting the bit here that he's about to cancel Jay, which is the plot of every goddamn yes, season. Yes, it really is. So, but they have to establish it in this so it can be solved. But just him going like, I'd adore my, my nuts winters. <laughs> and, and I just want to say that uh, shot when Duke leans in and leers at Jay, like the the way that the shading is done on his face. Yeah. like It's really well done. I, I, I really wish that I could just grab that as a screenshot and use it as like a Twitter avatar. <laughs> Find the cell. It's probably really cheap. Uh, yeah. So Jay wants to solve Alice's problem. And for some reason, I don't know why, he turns to Duke for advice. Duke, the man who tries to destroy him at every turn, humiliates yeah. him, is basically uh, in a slave pack with Jay. Yeah, that he just said, I'm about to fire you and you should be scared. He's like, so anyway, what's your advice? So let's hear it. Now, about that lady friend of yours. I say slip her the money without her knowing. The best charity is always anonymous. What about that? All hail Duke. Duke is life. Duke Phillips All Hospital. Hail Duke. Duke is life. All hail oh. The statue eats a pigeon. <laughs> Pigeons seem to like the sound of mutt. <laughs> that is That's one of the greatest of the show, jokes. Of the show. Yes, let's yeah. give it that. Yeah, yep, I mean. Yep, yep. 
the fact that he has to eat pigeons every day alive <laughs> as they crawl into his throat. And uh, he's pretty it, normal. In his window. office. Yes. Yes, and it flew in through the window. And then just his, oh, his pronouncement of all hail Duke. Yeah. Duke is, he, he wouldn't just build a hospital. First it's called Duke Phillips's Hospital, not mm. like Duke Phillips Memorial Hospital. Duke Phillips's Hospital. And there's like and with, a golden statue with giant of him. golden statues of him that, with the mouth moving, to say "All hail Duke." That screams it over New York City all day long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like Presumably. to think that pigeons don't like the sound of his voice. It gives pigeons like a death wish. Like I must find <laughs> death and crawl into the southern man. I also love the ridiculousness of the the statue, which is not alive. It chews the birds like munch, munch, munch. And it it's, stops talking. Yeah. It stops talking to eat the bird. Yeah. It's, it's just so ridiculous. That is, that is the zaniness of season two personified yeah. for me. It's yeah. just like the Duke. Duke went from being a Ted Turner parody to a guy who can eat, who just eats pigeons and nobody even notices. Well, he did like walk through Jay's wall into his apartment and walk out that, that way. True. He was a superhuman before, uh, you know, the Duke Phillips syndrome thing happened. <laughs> Tune to Fox, where we can say boobies. You're invited to a special Oscar edition of The Critic. Chocolate. Well, I want one more than ever. With special guests, Gene Shalit, Rex Reed, and Siskel and Ebert. Roger and Gene have such great chemistry together. Hasta la vista, porky. Cue ball in a side pocket. A brand new Critic, coming up next. So uh, Jay gives an envelope of uh, money to Alice, but he accidentally gives it to a crazy postman, another t- uh, sign of the times. But we're going to yeah, hear – um, explain – if you want to hear the full explanation of the crazy postman trope, I think we did that in uh, Homer, Homer Loves, Loves Flanders. Flanders right. yes, yes, but just, it was just – the automation kind of was driving postal workers in, in, insane because they were being treated inhumanly. Yes. And uh, apparently they started getting treated better and that's why there are fewer outbursts. Uh, spree killings are everywhere now. Not just post offices. Yeah. Find one today. So here's what happens after that uh, that mishandling of money. Jay, were you trying to give me money? No, I was giving it to my good friend, a crazy postman. Look, I do not take charity. Daddy only gave me one thing, his pride. His prod? No, his pride. His broad? <laughs> no, his pride. Forget it. <laughs> he just uh, lets it drop. I don't care anymore. He is broad. Like, <laughs> slightly and, offended by that. Prad. Is prad. 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 I, I like the pride at which he says pride, too. Mm. Yeah. Prad. <laughs> uh, so many jokes. I mean, that kind of was a joke about being a country bumpkin, as Duke will comment on later. Yes. But, and then we get a cut to another woman Jay has driven insane. Yes. No, I like that. He drove her insane through constant need of attention and neediness, not hideousness like <laughs> it's not that a woman slept with him and then is in a shower for a week to try to scrub the filth off of her that's right yeah it's not it's it's a lesser version of that just it's more like Jay's uh, insecurities mm-hmm. drove woman crazy not his just d- pure disgustingness yeah it's not that yeah. he is a troll but then right after that I feel like we learn that a lot of this is probably his mother's fault because it's true the last woman who dressed him was his mom who put him in the little Lord Fauntleroy outfit put him on the bus to Attica prison and then was like like, 
Yeah, whatever. I thought it was summer camp. I don't care. <laughs> he'll be, he'll be fun. But uh, okay. he can be their little mascot. But yes. Oh yes. But in, he calls... ev- <laughs> in every boy's life, there's a summer of seventy-two. It's referenced in the film The Summer of Forty-Two, yep. which The Simpsons will also reference in The Summer of Four Foot Two. But actually, the Attica riots were in the fall of seventy-one, not the summer of seventy-two. Do your research, critic Ooh. people. Oh. No wonder that show was canceled. We don't see rioting. We just hear a lot of growling while he sings animal crap. Well, I feel like if he's going to Attica in the early seventies, they are referencing the Attica prison riots. Yeah, it's true. Yes. Uh, But Jay does offer Alice a job. Let's hear it. Well, I am tempted, but there is one more reason I shouldn't work for you. Oh. Are the first two letters B.O.? No. (laughs) If I take the job, it'll be impossible for us to date. We were going to date? I mean, uh, tell me more, my Dixie Riddle Cup. Honey, I am a little attracted to you. So what should we do? Don't take the job. I'll take the job. Excellent. Oh, his finger. Did that hurt? No, I severed the nerve. <laughs> Great Foley on that. It makes me grab my finger when I hear it. Just think about it. Oh, oh, it's so gross. And the line, I severed the nerve. Like he's very proud of himself. So for the rest of his life, he has just permanent nerve damage in his, his finger yeah, thanks to yeah. that scene. We need to keep track of all of the uh, like ailments of the critic uh, people, like the shard of glass in his head, the, the all the liquid in Duke Phillips' eyes he's got to inject, mm. all the problems. Well, it's already been established that Jay has had every disease known to man. That's true. Yes. delusions of grandeur. Oh, Alice should not sleep with him if that's true. She really <laughs> oh, should. Yeah. But it does help that like she is legitimately attracted to him, which – not unlike with Homer and Marge, it kind of makes you like him more to know that any woman could find him attractive. I, I have to say, though, after getting through all of season one and hearing that, I, my initial reaction was like, what is wrong with you? Alice is, <laughs> Alice is severely damaged. Well, I mean, her husband did kind of hurt her. Maybe she, That's true. You pointed yeah. something out about her husband. What? Cyrus? But, yeah. That Jay, Jay looks nothing like her husband. Right, so you, like, you can't even point to it as like, oh, she has a thing. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's not yeah. a type. Maybe it's like it's Jay is the exact opposite. It's like, well, that tall, skinny, good-looking guy treated me wrong, so I'll go with the fat, dumpy, ugly guy. He will treat me right. That's good logic. Oh, that's how it worked out with you and me. <laughs> it's exactly. <laughs> oh, my god. That is exactly it. No, I only used to date tall, skinny guys. <laughs> hey. and, and I was wrong. I mean, Michael's not tall. I was tall. wrong. <laughs> We're mostly not evil, I will say that. So... <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jay calls Alice a Dixie Riddle Cup, which is a real thing. What? They are Dixie what? Cups with riddles in them. So if you mm-hmm. want to drink a beverage tainted by the flavor of Dixie Cups, yeah. you can read a riddle at the same time. Here's a commercial. Hey, kids, what's the same on the outside but different inside? Dixie Riddle Cup! The riddles in my box are different from the riddles in your box. What is black and white and red all over? A penguin in Miami Beach. <laughs> So that's very funny. Uh, those are Dixie Riddle Cups. It's not even a riddle. It's a joke. Yes. Uh, the Dixie Joke Cups is not as good. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. So, yeah, Dixie Riddle Cup. I knew it had to be a real thing or a reference to something, so I looked it up, and there it was. I liked Dixie Cups, actually. Like, they were the things you'd get at the dentist. They're, they are absolutely terrible for the environment. They are disposable <laughs> wax cups, and mm. they'd they'd also make things taste weird. If you were to, like, bite the edge or taste the edge, it's like, oh, this is kind of this is real waxy. They were really just, like, toothbrushing cups for me. They weren't, like, yeah, liquid right. beverage cups. Totally. But kids loved them. Well, especially when it's like, oh, I want a new riddle on this cup. Oh, boy, this riddle. 
And Dixie Riddle Cups, be ready for this reference to come back again in the Riddle of the Sphinx gag from Jay of Arabia. Oh, you're right. Ooh. You're right. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Thank you, Henry. So up next, uh, basically, Jay needs a makeover. And this is like one of, I think, 19 scenes in The Critic in which he is being dressed in different outfits. And they have run out of big and tall uh, joke names to name stores. So they just cut right to the inside. So <laughs> he is dressed as Alex from Clockwork Orange, Scarlett O'Hara. And finally, I think they put him in the Tom Cruise Rain Man suit again. Is that the same? Same suit or just it's a similar suit? Same one. Very similar. Yeah. If it's not the same, the same one when he and Jay, uh, when he and Marty got in a better outfit, yeah, and to feel better, and then they saw clowns dressed the same way. This is not to be confused with the other makeover scene where he ends it dressed as uh, Big Boy yeah. and <laughs> ate a bunch of plastic burgers. That's true. I mean, I think there's at least four so far. Um, but now, I guess all Jay needed was the suit because now coming to the attractions as an audience, he has confidence, and there's great animation of him dancing. This is some of the best animation in this episode of him like. Shaking his yeah. hips and One the camera of my angles moving around. Ever is yeah. his hip shake, <laughs> just showing off his butt, which his body has not changed. It is just being presented better, as Alice said. Hey, that's what good a good suit will do for you, man. Yeah. Any well well fitting clothes to highlight the good parts and sort oh, of smooth out the bad parts. TV makeovers were like a huge trend at this point. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true. And his ratings jump from squat to squat and a half. Yeah. It's a beautiful moment where it she saves his show and I do believe there's never, I mean, it's not to say there aren't jokes about his bad ratings, but I think the rest of the series there is never a joke about like your ratings suck, this is about to be canceled, there's no plot line about a canceled show, like so this is Alice both making him more likely and literally saving his show from cancellation, thus ending the plot of half of season one, which mm. was your show is about to be canceled. <laughs> I, I love that him just dancing around. It's like Duke sees that and just assumes, oh, this is some sort of Jewish holiday. <laughs> yes. He's mad about it. He's like, this is some sort of Jewish holiday? Yeah. So The way uh, he says, shalom. <laughs> that's great. So uh, they love putting Yiddish uh, words in non-Yiddish people, non, sorry, non-Jewish people's mouths. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Alice Yiddish will do it fun. later and uh, Jeremy does it all the time. Yep. So just a, a running gag on the critic. And on the newly revamped coming attractions, we see another Scent of a Woman parody, Scent of a Wolfman. Who gets the raw dead goat? That would be me. <laughs> now come on, Charlie. I want to get a drink. Now let's get some exercise. Catches a frisbee. <laughs> I like Maurice LaMarche's Pacino in this one better than Scent of a Jackass. Yeah. It's more gruff. He's... After drinking out of a toilet, and the thing that sticks with me about this is that, like, so he just waits for his food to be delivered to the table. Then he gets up and leaves and goes <laughs> to do something else. He doesn't eat any of it. He's a dog. He's very distracted. Yeah. It's funny that the last episode, they already had the Scent of a Woman joke, and they had the Jack Nicholson wolf joke. Yeah. Now they have combined the two of them for a new movie parody. <laughs> There's only so many movies. <laughs> that they could make fun of, that they'll either make fun of classic films of 30 years before or they'll find one of seven movies from the last two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, this seems like it was destined with a show that introduces Alice. She finally meets Duke, and they're both Southerners. They, they both... are so perfect. I wanted, oh, I wanted a whole episode of the two of them together. Mm-hmm. There could really have been did. one in the yeah. season three that Reed Harrison wrote. Let's I hear their, uh, their epic meeting for the first time. You know, Southern people like us have to work extra hard here in New York. People hear the way we talk and just assume we're illiterate country bumpkins. We're the bears who sing for Duke, Doodah, Doodah. 
Drink and moonshine till we puke. Oh, da do da. Big dumb belching bear. Maybe we should leave them alone. <laughs> Big dumb belching bear. I love Duke's lowbrow sense of humor. And before that, we hear that uh, Duke spoke at her uh, high school uh, commencement <laughs> ceremony or graduation ceremony, and he was basically looking for to score some tail. As long yeah. as they're over 18, he He's asks like, if they're over 18. Yeah. I still give that speech today. Yeah, the title <laughs> of his speech is, I just drank two bottles of tequila. My wife doesn't know I'm here. Any of you girls over 18? So whatever Jane Fonda-like uh, type woman he was married to at the time. <laughs> well, that, the only other time we heard about that wife is the ex-wife who will get his diddly squat. Yes. And uh, I have to say, as a Southerner, I uh, I could identify with this uh, the way people look down on you from an accent. Like I I didn't think I had a Southern accent as a kid, but I uh, well, first I watched a video of me when I was like eleven at some school function when we had moved to Florida, where <laughs> nobody there really had a Southern accent like I had in Atlanta or Arkansas. And when I watched it, first off, I just wanted to kill myself afterwards. I was like, you should never watch videos of yourself as a kid. They only make <laughs> you feel true. horrible. But second, I had a really fey Southern accent. And I think it eventually just was something I – Got rid of because you get made fun of or looked mm. down on. So it was like a without southern accent. Not trying to insult you, Henry, but it was it was a Jim Neighbors ish. It of was quite Jim Neighbors ish. Patois. Yes. Uh, it was. Which, I wasn't sure if you're going Jim Neighbors or Truman Capote with the Fay part. No, more Jim Neighbors, more uh. country Jim Neighbors style. Which was like that. I also wonder, like, why do those kids call me uh, gay slurs as a kid? I didn't think I acted that gay. Like, and then I watched that video. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, I see it now. Mm. They were still wrong to do it but yes. obviously but I get now why I wasn't passing as much as I could so anyway the joke about being dis- disrespected for a southern accent is it uh, there's some truth to yeah, it yeah there's definitely truth to it I just I love the idea that Duke needs to have some animatronic country <laughs> bears in his office behind a panel with a giant button on the desk. <laughs> right in the when, center. Whenever he's just, I don't know, in a bad mood or needs to scare someone he's negotiating with or who the hell knows Couldn't. why he needs to hit this button so those bears would sing for him. He could have dressed up as pandas, though, you know? He has yeah, pandas. Long ping. Don't need daddy's Picasso. Uh, so we have uh, – who wants to explain the country? I mean, there was well, a yeah. shitty movie when Disney was turning every ride and attraction mm-hmm. into a movie yep. yeah, with Christopher well, Walken. But it was an earlier – earlier origins. For decades and decades, there was the animatronic Country Bears Jamboree, uh, not even right, attraction at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah it's a show. It was like, yeah, like the Tiki Room or something. Mm, and it would be like co-opted by uh, Showbiz Pizza. That was the big deal about Showbiz Pizza and Chuck E. Cheese of just like, you don't have to go to Disney World to see animatronic shows now. Just go to this bad pizza place. <laughs> be terrified. Yeah, terrified eat bad pizza, be scared by robots, yes. go home crying. The, the Country Bears are a little more Cuddly, but uh, they so and they sang songs about being country bears and having like good time, fun songs. And so this is uh, this is one of their hit songs from the seventies. Let's hear it. Oh, us bears, we do love nature and tramping through the woods. Us bears, we do love fishing every hour if we could. Us bears, we do love singing in country harmony. But no drinking moonshine. Yes, no. They, I uh, like when Homer calls it a jamboree. Yeah, a jamboree. <laughs> he doesn't know I'm the not, actual. I'm not term. sure I hear a jug, uh, an actual jug mm-hmm. being blew there. Mm-hmm. But I love that bass guy mm-hmm. just going. I, I want to hear just his track. We need to isolate. Oh, bear. 
We need to we need to buy the Country Bear Master Tapes yes. from somebody. They must yes. sell them. Yes, let's no, do please, it. Please give on Patreon. New Patreon goal. <laughs> well, and so the Country Bears, they like Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. They attempted to – they did <sighs> make a film uh, to try to popularize the Country Bears with oh, yes. a new generation of kids. Even though the attraction is gone. Well, so the attraction wasn't gone when they made the movie. I, and I think it was from really? Disneyland. Uh, I think well, it turned still, into Winnie the Pooh. Okay. I might, I, yeah, that's right. I think it was still immoral, but anyway, at the time. But, and Haley Joel Osment voices one of the bears in it. Uh, and, and now they're all gone. There are no more country bears. And apparently in, in one of the places where the country bears were replaced, their heads are now on a wall in yeah. the area to show that like the bears are de- – Oh, it's my God. Hung over Trader's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's something the uh, Disney parks always do when they change a ride. They keep a tiny bit of the ride still there. It's something Chris mentions multiple times about one of his old favorite rides, the uh, 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea, 20,000 oh, Leagues yeah, Under yeah. the Sea ride. Became Little Nemo, but uh, apparently there is a Finding ne- Nemo. A Finding Nemo. There apparently was a Nemo ride. Uh, the reference to the classic Nemo in that ride. Interesting. Ah. So Not from Nemo to Nemo. That makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so in this new, uh, this gritty reboot of The Critic on Fox, we're introduced <laughs> to uh, Lane Reach for the first time and Jeremy. And Jay explains his burning love for Alice to Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Jay, good to see you, mate. How's your new assistant? Jer, she's changed my life. My show's better. She makes me laugh. Have you done the dirty dingo? No, it's not that kind of relationship. We're just friends. We are together all day, but I never touch her porcelain skin, her <laughs> soft red lips, like rose petals from the Emperor's bath water. Bath water, I tell you. Bath water! <laughs> Look, Booby, you can't go on like this. You're right. I want you to go to that woman's house tonight and tell her how you feel about it. I'll do it. In the words of the poet, Carpe Canum. Yes! Carpe Canem? Seize the dog? You heard me. <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> and he calls him Booby. Yeah. That, that, I, it is a weird combination of I love the way bath water is said, mm. but the animation is some of the cheapest in the episode. Like, they just paused yeah. a scene. Yeah, it was like two frames on the bath water. Yeah. Like, Meanwhile, uh, if like you watch, like, there, there are two black women sitting behind him, and they just, like, both drink out of martini glasses in perfect unison. <laughs> until he starts screaming, and then they turn around and start reacting to him. Oh, mm. wow. I should have looked at I missed that. that. I, I, he's just so distracting as screaming bath water that you just <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, but they really speed through Vlada and Jeremy. There's just no, there's just no time to introduce Vlada and Jeremy to the audience. Yeah, now. like we don't know yeah. Jeremy's a movie star or anything like that. And no. In the pilot, he's introduced with a Crocodile Gandhi clip, but in this yeah. one, it's just Jay's friend for now. For all mm-hmm. we know, as Fox viewers. And most times when I hear the phrase "Carpe Diem," I do think of Seize the dog. <laughs> I can't Carpe not think of Carpe Canem. And he does it though. He goes out there, he picks up a dog. It's just some random and, dog. And then he uh, tells him, you know, wish me luck, dog. <laughs> I'm in love. I love. And that's when he goes to Alice's and we meet Cyrus, played by Sam McMurray, who Yay. actually played a few incidental voices on The Simpsons' first season. He was a Tracy Allman show. He was yeah. on Tracy Allman. Yeah. Show. He, he was as regular on it as Julie Kavner and Dan Castellaneta. I wonder if he could have made those Simpsons millions if he would have stayed on past the first season. He played, um, I could love a million girls, that guy. And, uh, of course, Howard from Howard's Flowers. We all oh, love that character. <laughs> he was a great character he, from the first season. He could have gone in and out as a used voice with, like, 
how um, like he could have been the other Hank Azaria, really, or yeah. they could have kept him instead of Hank Azaria, and Hank Azaria would be poor now. And I wonder if there's a, a story to that. Like, did they ask him uh, past season one? Did he just not want to do it? Well, do you they, think the show was dumb and they, not had a future? They were also suing. Uh, oh, you're right. <laughs> or they were being sued. By Tracy Ullman, so they might have just been like, no, Tracy Ullman people. Like, it may, might have soured the production of the show on anyone related to Tracy Ullman who wasn't Dan or Julie, perhaps. Hmm. <laughs> yes, so Cyrus is the country western singer that we and saw he's there. before. Yes, he's there. He is there before, uh, he is there before Jay shows up. And uh, Jay calls him a putz, uh, and uh, he says, I like pe- pepperoni on my putzes. And Jay <laughs> yeah. says, I bet you do. Which is a filthier joke than you realize. Yes, a putz is a penis, <laughs> it correct? It is, yes. <laughs> it's a foreskin, though. So, no, no, it's just a penis. Uh-huh. It's no, one of the entirety of it. It's one of the rare cases in which Jay is calling someone else gay and not him call- someone else calling him gay. Yeah, mm. but I mean it starts out with him calling himself a putz. That's so right. He doesn't oh, call Cyrus you're right. a putz. That's right. Well, I, yeah, he's – I like that Cyrus – could not possibly see Jay as a threat. He's just like, nah. yeah, you're you're his little gay friend, and just thanks yeah. for thanks for hanging out with my wife. I definitely didn't think you had sex with her because you're nothing to me. Uh, to, <laughs> to inject a little bit of uh, exhausting modern day concerns into this, there's like a little mm-hmm. bit of toxic nice guyism in that statement. Yeah. It's just like yeah. Jay is kicking himself, like, oh, I was nice to her. Now she's not gonna fuck me. I just got friend zone yeah, exactly. by Alice. I'm yeah. a putz because well, I mean, of this. Algie and Mike Reese not the best writers of women we've no. discovered in our in our research <laughs> especially when any divorce joke it's like okay every woman is a harpy a harpy queen of the harpies yeah and yeah that i will the only thing that makes it not exactly getting friend zoned is that Alice did express interest in him yeah, romantically. That's true. Yes. So she wasn't she well, she wasn't leading him on with niceness or anything. She did say we would we could date, but I work for you so we can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I guess they just throw he just throws out the window in three episodes like, no, we can't work together. Yeah, who cares? And who cares? Uh, and Jay retreats to Penny's room where they're watching Humphrey the Hippo. There's a reference to the Madonna appearance on Letterman in nineteen ninety four in which she was swearing a lot. I didn't get the clip of Humphrey the Hippo. It's not that funny, but we can at least hear the Madonna clip. This kind of echoes the clip of Cher uh, swearing at David Letterman that was referenced on the last season episode. So this is much more tense. And this, no bleeping. This is from the BBC airing of oh, it. So you're going to nice. hear some of the F words here. You see, we have so much in common. I know. Why are you always... I, actually, I brought something uh-huh. to, like, make a point. All right, okay, good. You are always fucking with me on the show. <laughs> you are always fucking with me on this, the show. This... You... You are always fucking with me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> she's, I mean, she's in a good mood on the Humphrey the Hippo Club. She's really mad. Well, yeah. those four, th- those ten seconds are her good mood. Uh, okay. She it's is, much longer, yeah. So it's a 30-minute interview that actually she extends by one segment by refusing to leave. He's like, mm. so we're going to go to our next guest. No, we're not. I'm not leaving. And she's... She is pissed off now. This was March 31st, 1994. Madonna has been dragged through the media for a decade at this point. And here she is doing his show because she has a new album out. And she knows Dave is going to razz her and ask her questions. And so she's ready to be mean back. And she's just super defensive. She starts smoking a cigar during it. Yeah. <laughs> she's holding it during that clip I just played. Yes. And that, and that she just is telling him, like, there's another bit where she says – and you're not as good as you used to be. Like you used to, you used to be. You're too nice to celebrities now. You're always sucking up to them. And then he has the great re- rejoinder of, 
that can end for this interview. <laughs> and she also asks him, like, what's that on your hair? Is that a rug? And then he says, well, what's with your hair? Is that a swim cap? Like, oh. yeah. That so, is yeah, the on the look- Humphrey the Hippo, yeah. it's the exact look that she had on Letterman. She had short mm. black hair that was sort of just slicked down. She's wearing a little black dress and swearing up a st- I just I love the Humphrey the Hippo clip. It's a great caricature of Madonna. It's a great caricature and and I love how Humphrey the Hippo just serves serves up a good uh setup to more of the joke of you know it's like don't fuck with me hippo. <laughs> First thing she says, "Oh, did you kiss your mom with that mouth?" So, well, there's the perfect setup right there. Yeah. yeah, and I also beep 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 and beep. That's a good that's a good <laughs> fox. That's a good fox style joke for the critics. Yes, yeah, as, as Gina Reese said they were told by Fox to fox it up when they go to Fox. Oh, they, they wanted him to be dirtier when they were on the Fox network. Then we get Cyrus misquoting the Bible about his fickle pickle. Yes, that's right. <laughs> which, again, is a genery standard of... Do not uh, let Moochers into thine hut. <laughs> Homer often misquoted the Bible and made stuff up. So that's Cyrus doing the same. And that's... I also do love that Jay thanks her for sticking up for his sexuality Thank by you. saying, like, Thank you. Not that I've been eavesdropping. Yeah, and uh, you're going to mention Dennis the Menace too society that was a poster uh, a, joke a poster joke has now season. become a full-blown movie parody yes that yeah. kid is a pain in the ass good walter matthau yeah. good walter matthau which so that makes it specifically a parody of the then new dennis the menace film that had mr wilson played by walter matthau not a parody of the classic dennis the menace tv show classic very I classic mean, old i guess yeah let's say <laughs> old classic and again it, i liked it more than lassie i'd, I'd yeah. watch five dennis the menaces before one lassie and Alice's one weakness is uh, Cyrus singing to her, and that's exactly how he tries to win her back. And Jay does the exact same thing in this next clip. Alice, please don't sing to me. You'd make any home a palace. Even Brooklyn would be Dallas if I could be with you. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus is just a virus. Hey! He wants to tie you down while you're still young. Your potential is what's essential. You could someday be another Connie Chung. That's Jay's song. Very cute. Uh, that's yeah. great. I, I cute guess, or idiotic, you decide. Yeah. I, well, he says he can't tell the difference anymore. I think it's cute. That is yeah. getting older as losing the ability to tell the difference between what's cute and idiotic. But the yeah. this is when it just hit me that Cyrus, obviously his name is based on Billy Ray Cyrus of Achy Breaky Heart Fame. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, that's where his name is from. And We wouldn't know about Miley this this early. She was just mm-hmm. a tiny baby. <laughs> and uh, No, it's actually the, the ancient Persian king. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked Jay tapping into his natural annoyingness with the accordion and just yeah. though that accordion skill is never mentioned again really it's kind of like uh, Johnny Carson's spontaneous accordion playing oh right yeah and the uh, Krusty gets cancelled mm-hmm. and uh, I also do like uh, right before this scene where she's explaining that she can't say no to Cyrus first I like that she has a very Jewish description of like uh, or a New Yorker subscription mm-hmm. of a, a description of butter on a bagel like yes melting yeah. like butter on a bagel I've been in New York for too long and then also <laughs> So that when Jay remembers his second Attica thing, he doesn't even say anything, which I think is a darker joke of like, <laughs> he's so scarred by it, he has no witty comeback for that even. It's just very sad. It's um, like, oh, I'm so sad. But uh, in the end, even Alice gets a verse. Let's hear her singing, which is very nice. Jay, I'm glad that you're not gay. I may show you why someday. 
Yay. <laughs> it's a very sweet ending. I, yeah. I like this episode. I, I like uh, – it's too bad there are only like nine real episodes of this season. One is a yes. clip show mm. because I do like what Alice adds to the show and I love mm. just hearing Park overall talk. She's, uh, she is great. Yeah. An extra level of positivity I think too if you compare this to the original pilot which is him also meeting a new girl in his life who also has brown hair and then actually destroys him at the end of the episode <laughs> and was a lying monster the entire time. I would say Alice is quite an improvement over that. Yeah, Alice is great. Mm-hmm. We love her. Yeah, and un- unlike in the pilot where you basically have everyone tell Jay how much they hate him and are disgusted <laughs> by him, you have a character in Alice who tells him how cool he is or how, yeah, how attractive he is. Excuse me. But, I mean, there was potential in um, in having Jay, like, a lot of stories being around him dating, but they just made him too repulsive for any woman to stick around. So yeah. I'm glad they softened him and gave him a girlfriend, and who knows, maybe she could have been a wife later. Yeah. They could have had little Shermans together. And that's why, like, Eleanor – Eleanor had joke – she had the joke, like, I hope she says sex with him before she murders him. <laughs> other jokes like that, too, of, like, no – only a serial killer would would sleep with Jay. No yeah. one otherwise would. Someone needs ulterior motives like getting a good review or, uh, you know, the the thrill of murder. <laughs> that, that's the only thing – that's the only incentive for sleeping yeah. with Jay. And I do like that Cyrus gives up immediately. Yeah. Too. That's, yep. uh, yeah. He could have just punched Jay in the face and stopped the dumb song. Yeah, it's like, Exactly. Shut up, dork. But yeah. I guess Alice, that wouldn't make Alice love him more. I well, mean. he doesn't really love Alice. That's no. the thing where he says, I'll never give up. Hey, gorgeous, what's your name? That's right. That's it's right. Like, yeah, he's so distracted. He's like just a dog. He just, just wave a girl in front of him and that's all he cares about. And what probably happened is some girl left him and he's just trying to restoke his ego by just mm, getting her back. True. Because been... men are terrible. <laughs> it could have been one of the two women on the cover of I'm Cheating on My Wife, Alice Tompkins. <laughs> yes. I'd like to ma- imagine in later episodes he could have come back for another storyline. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think he could come back. I, I think he was planned for season three. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Maybe in that episode that. that we heard about. You yeah. never know. In that wonderful interview with Reed Harrison, listen to it on our Patreon. So, should we close the book on Sherman, Woman, and Child? Well, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to say this is, uh, I think, my favorite episode so far. Oh. Alice is my favorite character in the series. And I, I feel like. Uh, introducing her really kind of gave the show a more emotional core. I agree. Like, like just, it wasn't just that they softened Jay. It's that having her there softens Jay and makes him a little bit more likable. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone but Marty is kind of a horrible person. You yeah. know, like Duke, Doris, Jeremy, like Vlada, everybody is terrible you except know, for Alice. That also shows you what the show thinks of Marty now. They're like, nah, we don't need Marty. Yeah. Reintroduce everybody but Marty. A and, cuter, smaller kid. And the yeah. absence of Alice is from the web tunes is like one of the reasons yeah. I did not yeah. like those at all. And I hate yeah. how catalysty they wrote her off, you know, yeah. just like, ah, oh, fuck it, who cares? Yeah, Here's a new exactly. person who's new not as interesting. Woman. This we is what we can't afford park overall anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Women are disposable. It's, getting, it's a new love interest. Yeah, it's like James Bond. Every A new one every season. Yeah, I hate yep. that. So, yeah, that was uh, Sherman, Woman, and Child, and I have been your host, Bob Mackey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us money to hear these amazing episodes of Talking Critic. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. Every Monday and occasionally a bonus episode on Friday at Retronauts.com or look for Retronauts in your podcast device. Henry, what do you do outside H- of this? Uh, well, I'm always on Twitter, always posting. Never, never stop, stop posting. Mm-hmm. Uh, H-E-N-E-R-U. 
H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And that's also where you'll find me updating when new stuff goes live on the Patreon. And we thank you for listening to this on the Patreon. There's tons of other cool stuff on here. And be sure to tell all your friends about all the awesome stuff on Patreon. And now to the other hosts. Uh, and let's see. You can hear me on 302010, a weekly podcast where we look that particular week 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago into movies and music and pop culture. And uh, we've turned up a lot of fun stuff. Uh, there's always there's something for everybody. And uh, I'm also on Twitter, mostly talking movies at Le Cine Nerd. Michael, you can hear me every week on Vigigame Game Apocalypse, the weekly podcast about Vigigames. Games. Uh, at VigigameApocalypse.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Wikiparas, but make sure it's AZ, not easy, because easy is a rambling ebooks bot that someone else made. Can I follow both? Sure. Awesome, I'll do that. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Sherman of Arabia. We'll see you then. Excuse me, sir. The show's over. But I have nowhere to go.